Well, welcome to Ever Christian Voices of the New Church Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Reynolds, and I'm joined by maybe not everyone, but at least my favorite communications director and slash church health guy, Grandmaster Flash, Justin Nash. We are seeking to lead the discussion while providing practical advice on church health among Advent Christian churches. Justin, has that nickname uh, stuck yet? Uh, no, it has not. Fortunately, I don't think many people listen to this podcast. <laughs> it hasn't been brought up yet. Um, does your wife listen to this podcast? My wife doesn't even know what a podcast is. Oh my goodness. Isn't she, an, isn't she a history teacher? Like she works she, in the public schools, right? Yeah, she does. Well, I mean, she, that's an exaggeration. She knows what they are. She just doesn't listen to them. <laughs> you know, I used to not listen to podcasts either. I thought they were stupid. Cause like I listened to a lot of sports talk radio and whatnot mostly because I'm a terrible person and terrible people listen to sports talk radio. Mm-hmm. And um, so then when I started getting the podcast, my whole world has flipped and turned upside down. Yeah. You know, podcasts are pretty amazing. I think one of the, especially this one, well, it was the best ever, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, you know, one of the things I think is we're talking about pastors and, and pastoral health and everything. I think that podcasting has been one of those really interesting things that in some ways has become a burden to the local pastor, because when you can get a podcast and you can listen to Matt Chandler, John Piper, Chuck Swindoll, just like instantly every day or Alistair Begg or whoever every single day. And suddenly, suddenly you have this ability to compare your pastor's preaching to these amazing preachers. And so in some ways, I think it, it kind of, it has the potential to hurt uh, local pastors who just aren't you know, they aren't gifted and brilliant in the same way those guys are. So. Well, you know, what's definitely not a burden to the local church pastor. What's that? That would be our sponsor, the Evan Christian witness, uh, our sponsor since the last podcast episode where I put you on the spot, you can get your copy of the Evan Christian witness. Where can they get it? They, they can email you. They can call you. They can, is there an order form online there? Yeah, there, 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 there is. You can just go to acgc.us and uh, and you look under the resources. You and you can see where you can order it. You can go to acwitness.com. Boom. You can email me at jnash at acgc.us, or you can call us on the telephone, and we can help you in any of those ways. Why would anyone want to call you on the telephone? People do it all the time. Oh my goodness! So you can get the special rate that Justin offered last uh, last podcast $12 for new subscribers for, for a year's worth. Definitely not a burden on the pastor, not a burden on his family, and certainly not a burden on the local church. $12 for a year's worth of subscriptions for new subscribers. Man, well, this sounds like a real podcast, man. Well, it did. It's, it's It did. <laughs> I didn't even have that written out or anything. That yeah. was just off the cuff. Well, you're a professional. What, what can we say? I wouldn't go that far. I should have went into radio. You should have. Yeah. yeah. Still, well, there's still there's still time. So I'm 30, man. I'm past. You know, I'm past going for new careers. No, so. no. You're just you're just getting started. You're no. a pup. So you're telling me that that like any good pastor, I should leave the pastorate and go into the secular world because my church has not cared for me. That's what you're saying. Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying, but uh, that's a great segue to what we're going to be talking about today. Because we are talking about how churches can care for the pastors. Part de. Yes, yes. That's how they would say it in, in France. 
France. Yo, Who I, just won the World Cup, by the way. Hey, yep, yep, yep. And Tour de France finished up yesterday. No uh, oh, oh, well, hey, it's like, you know how many billions of people watch that every year? It's insane. Because they have absolutely no, that should be more of a commentary on society that billions of people watch people riding on bicycles for fun. No, no, it's pretty awesome to watch a man descend at 60 miles an hour down a mountain. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, on a snowboard and then like gets to the half pipe and does, you know, some sick flips. So France just won the World Cup. And did you know, like, there's a lot of controversy over France winning the World Cup because a lot, so many of their players came from other countries and could have played for other countries did not know that yeah. do not watch do not watch soccer wow. i mean i knew that i knew they won but i don't like soccer so. well i guess you're just not enlightened like the rest of us that's right it's the world's most popular sport man i understand i understand i'm still not a fan it's too, well, my, it's too slow my team didn't make it did it well the u.s of course did not make it america but um, the Deutschland, uh, Germany, which is the old country for me. That's where my people came from. They didn't get out of the group stage, man. That's pretty yeah. upset. Yeah. They're defending champions too, right? Well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. This is the first time that France has ever, uh, trumped, uh, uh Germany without the help of, oh no, they didn't need the help of someone else. Because <laughs> 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 they didn't play Germany in the world cup. So, um, Congratulations to France for having everybody else do the dirty work for you again. So we don't have many listeners in France, so we can't take them off. Right. right <laughs> so, all right. So let's get back to why people are probably really listening to this podcast. It's not our commentary on the world cup or the tour de whatever. Um, Justin, I have a very serious question for you. Okay. What are some practical ways a church can care for the pastor's family? Well, I think there's the number of ways that they can care for their pastor, pastor's family. I think it's it, number one is just recognizing that the pastor's family is like any other family in the church, that they sh- shouldn't be held on on some sort of higher pedestal or to some higher standard, but they should be loved and cared for like every other part of the every other family in the church. Um. I think particularly if the pastor has children, whether they're younger children or, or older children, you want to make sure that you you love them and treat them with the same sort of patience and expectations you would with the other kids in the church. I think um, if it's a you know, if your pastor is a man and he and he has a, and his wife, and that's most of our situations around our denomination. Then really um, make sure that the that the ladies in the church come alongside the pastor's wife and just make her feel a part of things because that can be a very lonely kind of mm-hmm. existence sometimes mm-hmm. because what the pastor's wife typically hears in a lot of cases are complaints about her husband mm-hmm. and what and that's they, healthy that's really healthy right right and it, it, <laughs> it can really get in a place of uh, as much as a pastor can can get in a place of isolation pastors a wife can really get in a place of isolation very similar um and because every burden that the pat that her that her husband bears she's going to bear too in in some very real and tangible way mm-hmm. so I, I would say that the, the i guess the kind of the final thing is um Remember that the pastor's family is 
should get the same sort of ministry that every other family in the church gets. So don't rob his don't rob him from his family as as can happen so often by you know, be understanding don't expect the pastor to be at 15 meetings a month or whatever be be reasonable in your expectations so the pastor has time to actually be with his family to minister to his family mm-hmm. so i think i think those are just a few things yeah i think you hit on a lot of key things there justin and, and i can say from I've never been a pastor's wife, um, so so I can't give you that kind of experience. But I can give you experience of being married to a pastor's wife, and uh, it, it it can be hard and it can be lonely. And I think sometimes people do put unrealistic expectations on my wife as well as as the other pastor's wife, and um, that can be difficult. And then especially when you get to like church business meetings and things like that, you hear people they might use that as a time to air uh, certain grievances and things like that. Or whenever it comes time to vote on the pastor's salary, uh, which is always a cringeworthy time, um, that you know the wife being be cognizant, like speak. I'm not saying don't don't voice what you think you need to voice, but be mindful of who's in there. You know, would you want would you want other people talking about you or your spouse in front of all these people the same way that you're doing so? And, and keep that in mind. And I think that that goes to, to sharing Christian love and character with one another and speaking truth and love. So I would say love his wife and love his children. Um, recognize that neither of those entities, his wife or his children, are employees of the church. So don't expect the pastor's kids to be mowing the lawn if you don't expect other kids in the church to be mowing the lawn. Don't expect the wife to be printing out the bulletins if you don't expect other um, women or people in the church to be printing out bulletins and things like that. Um, I certainly wouldn't, you know, you hear this all the time that the, the church committees expect the pastor's wife to be able to play the piano or sing in the church choir or lead the youth group or lead the children's ministry. Essentially they're looking for a two for one special, right? We're going to pay for the pastor, but we expect the pastor's wife to be an employee as well. Um, And I look out for what the, what the wife's needs are. So, so the wife isn't perfect, right? Just like the pastor isn't perfect. So she's not going to have all the answers to your biblical questions. She might not have, she might not have any of them. Um, she's not the one who's gone through seminary and I'll, I'll tell you because I dedicate so much time to study and whatnot. Um, my wife, the last thing she wants to hear from me is for me to discuss with her, um, you know, just different weird things I learned in seminary, right? She just doesn't want to hear that stuff. Um, and I don't blame her. She wants to hear how much I love her. She wants to hear, you know, how my day was or how her, you know, and just encourage her and whatnot. So, um, she doesn't have the seminary education unless she actually went through seminary. Um, and, and also just understand that, you know, she has struggles too. She has doubts too. She doesn't, um, she's not going to, ha- um, she has feelings, you know, she needs friends. She needs people to talk to, um, get to know your, your pastor's wife without any expectation that you're going to get preferential treatment or anything like that. Um, and I would say pray for him, pray for him as well. Uh, I think you forgot that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. You did, so you just said something that I think was really insightful and I mean, that happens all the time. Well, right. But no, <laughs> people be very, don't befriend the pastor's wife as a means to an end. And 
because I've seen people before befriend the pastor's wife in order to gain leverage on the pastor mm-hmm. to gain to gain pull in kind of an inside pull on the so they don't like something that's happening or they want something to happen in a certain way and so they befriend the pastor's wife in order to leverage the pastor to do something one way or the other mm-hmm. and and maybe they're not even doing i don't know sometimes i don't even think people do that consciously but it, you can definitely see it clearly and so yeah you want to be really really careful to not see the pastor's wife as a um, as a commodity to be used for i mean again she should be just seen as a as another part of the church and 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 to do things and and when the family's in in crisis, um, you know, and that could be something like the sickness or the death of parents or something like that. Just make sure the church goes all out mm. uh, to, to come alongside them and say, you know, take as much time as you need and, and to even help sometimes with travel expenses if the family's far off, things like that, mm. to just really make sure that you're available there and, and caring for them, particularly during hard and difficult times because often very often pastors and their and and their their immediate family spouse and children are separated from their extended family and so that can be really can be really hard and really lonely and and at, and at holiday times be willing to give them some flexibility and some extra time even to travel to be with family and be understanding of that well i also you know i look uh, and I'm going to engage with some of that. So I think it's realistic to expect the pastor, uh, you know, to be around for the holidays because those are usually big days for the church, you know, Easter and Christmas and whatnot. And if your pastor lives, say, a thousand miles away from family, um, family, then, I, I, you know, I would say give them ample time for vacation before and after, um, especially afterwards, because oftentimes pastor won't want to take vacation beforehand because they'd just be working on vacation to prepare. Um, but I think it's reasonable to expect uh, the pastor to be there for Christmas and, and Easter. I mean, if, if you wanted to give them some time now and again, you know, every couple of years to go home, you know, I think that's also reasonable. Um, that's something you'd have to work out. But I, I think giving that understanding that the job that they're going to be missing out on things that your family doesn't have to miss out on and respecting that and caring for them in light of that. And also, like you said about if they lost a parent or a close loved one, understand like they, I I can, I lost my grandmother a couple of years ago um, while serving at the church that I'm at now. And it was incredibly difficult and it still has been incredibly difficult because I don't know if I've fully, um, if I've fully grieved and gone still, this is two years later. I still haven't fully grieved. Um, because I spend so much time helping other people through their own grief and, and being there for them, that it can be hard for pastors to process their own emotions um, because they're so focused on caring for other people. So I, I think having that in mind in showing um, grace in the midst of that, um, and, I, and, and I, what I realized through that time was I, I came back to work too quickly that I didn't miss a day, you know, because I just, that's how I work. My, at least that's how I thought, you know, I just, I can't do it, you know? So um, I think that that can be helpful forcing the pastor to take some time, no matter what's on the schedule. If it's, if it's Christmas Eve, 
you'll figure it out, you know, because I think that that pastor needs to process those emotions, you know, saying they, you know, they lost a, a close relative or a close friend, you know. Right. I think something else is you think about holiday times when they are separated, invite them to be a part of your family mm. in, in your family celebrations. If um, your family's healthy. Well, even no, no, but you know, nobody's family's perfect. And um, well, no, I, I mean this, I mean, I mean it by this, Justin, uh, it can be difficult to be, and I was in the army, you know, um, for eight years and we, I, I hardly ever had time where I came home for Christmas or Thanksgiving to be with my extended family. I think for the pastor, it's important for them if they if it is the holidays to be around people who aren't trying to take from them. So, so when I say a healthy family, I mean a family that's looking to give and support their pastor, not just trying to ask their pastor over for Christmas dinner so that they can, you know, pick the brain of the pastor over the direction of the church or you know those types of things. Right. You know. Right. But I have a friend that they were probably. They move, you know, eight hundred miles away from from their family, and but every Thanksgiving there was a family in the church that they called them and they came over and they had Thanksgiving with their family just as part of their family, even doing family traditions like pulling uh, Christmas decorations down out of the attic. So they just they just pulled them in and made them part of the family. And so when you can do things like that, it can just be so meaningful and and so powerful when when your your pastor and family can't be with the, with their family with their parents and grandparents brothers and sisters and that sort of thing yeah i think that's good i think that's good um here are two things that, that are important to me and you kind of hit on it a little bit but didn't get too deep into it were as far as him being the father pastor's father um ensure their father is discipling them i think that that is a biblical command for the for the father to be Regardless if you're egalitarian or complementarian, I think the scriptures are quite clear on on it being the, the father's responsibility to be discipling his family. Uh, and then don't take the father away unnecessarily. Like you said, make sure there aren't 15 meetings in a week. You know, kind of cap off how many times you want that. Especially if the, if the kids are in public school, then they, there are certain hours that the parents can't touch them and are really in any school. So just give give that time to the family and, and, and important make it important that the father is discipling his uh, his kids so I make it a point in my own life that I'm discipling my kids uh, a few times a week uh, we don't do it every night I, I was being very dogmatic about it um, a few years ago making sure that we had discipleship discipleship time as we call it with the kids every single night but then I read a very powerful article or maybe it was a a video with Tim Keller and his wife, Kathy, and talking about how much of a, they started doing that early on in their ministry as well. And they realized uh, um, it became a chore for the children uh, because they spent so much time at church and whatnot. And they said there was wisdom. And I took that wisdom that you don't want to burn your kids out either. You don't want to burn them out. And you obviously want to show them that their life belongs to God that they are to honor God in all things. You want to teach them the things that God commands us um, to teach uh, as we disciple, but you, you don't want to kill them with it. You know, um, you don't want it to be such a burden for them. So we've gone from, from every single day to three to four times a week. And it's, it's made the time that we get together uh, better 
and it's it, like I would say when we started off, sometimes it could be a drag for the kids. And now um, when we don't do it, the kids long to do it. And when they do, then we do, you know, so if we're not scheduled to do it that night and the kids ask to do it, then we do do it. So, yeah. Um, Justin, do you have any, do you have any uh, last minute thoughts before we close out today? No, I would just echo back to the witness, the current issue on uh, caring for your pastor. There are two articles that really speak to this. One's by Hazel Blackstone, who's a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. And then the other is from Lisa Russell, who was, a, how does she refer to it? She's a theological offspring, I think is what she called it. Really excellent article about what it's like to grow up in a pastor's family as a child mm -hmm. in a pastor's family. And and how the the church can can serve, and so they both have some really good insights into mm -hmm. to how you can be there and and help and minister to your to your pastor's family. But yeah, you know, just just look, praying for them and loving them, and and looking for ways that you can serve them, not expecting them to serve you all the time. Well, I just think I, I think about this. Uh, like I try to go to different sporting events of kids in our church. What if you what if you went to support your kids sporting event, you know, or, or things like that, or just try to mentor them, you know, take them out to lunch or something like that. I think that could be really powerful. So, yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Well, um, hopefully this episode didn't stink. Hopefully you're going to stick it up. You think we did? Yeah, I don't know. Tom will tell, I guess. I, Tom yeah, will tell. Tom will tell. Yeah, with well, Tom or Tom, either one. Uh, but, you know, I, I think just kind of – I know we've just barely scratched the surface. Every situation is different, but it's really just about as a church paying attention and just looking for ways to care for them. Mm -hmm. And, and that may look different, a little bit different in every situation. And while we mentioned some things, there's probably a lot of things we didn't mention. We failed to mention. And so just try to be aware of how you can serve. And if you're not sure, ask. <laughs> so. So sorry this episode stinks. Uh, at least that's what at least that's what Tom is telling us. And uh, yeah, so we'll try and do better next time, guys. And uh, again, you can contact Justin Nash at jnash at acgc.us, or you can call him and um, at whatever number I don't have it in front of me. And you can order the you, you can order over there. Well. Do I want the number? Why are you digging in your desk then? Because I don't remember the 800 number. I only remember <laughs> the local number. The 800 number is 1-800-676-0694. 1-800-676-0694. And ask for uh, Grandmaster Flash Justin Nash. If you ask for Grandmaster Flash Justin Nash, and then when he answers, go, Jay then get your AC Witness one-year subscription if you're a new subscriber for $12. That's a deal of a lifetime. Until next time, everyone. God bless. Take care. We'll try and do better next time.